The New York Rangers right the ship in an excellent 4-1 win against the Los Angeles Kings. We're talking about all the insanity of the third period, as well as how to handle Jonathan Quick going forward. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 959 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And that intro song is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers, that's more like it, is it not? We thought the Rangers were going to have a bounce-back performance against the Washington Capitals. Obviously, what happened on Tuesday uh, was not ideal. A bad 6-2 loss in Ottawa against the Senators. I think you can chalk some of that up to just the fact that the Rangers played a really dense schedule. Again, you know, 10 games in 18 days. I don't want to make excuses, but the facts are facts. Uh, That is a lot of games in a short amount of time. And I think that we all thought that the comeback uh, performance, the bounce back performance was going to happen once again on uh, Saturday against the Caps. I suppose better late than never. Uh, The Rangers basically did everything in this game against the Kings on Sunday that I thought they were going to do on Saturday against the Capitals. Whether it's, you know, just getting off to a far better start in the game. I thought that was evident right from the opening puck drop. The Rangers just seemed to have their legs, seemed to have a little bit of an edge, seemed to have a, a good compete level in this game. Just engage from the minute that the puck dropped. Uh, They were excellent on special teams in this game. They took care of the puck. No more sloppiness. No more bad giveaways. There are very few bad giveaways in their own zone. Uh, They got some great goaltending as well. And true to form, they were at their best in the third period of this game, which they certainly were not uh, against, um, well, really the entire game against the Capitals. But not good uh, in the third period against the Senators either. The Rangers were back to, you know, being at their best when they need to be, which is once again in the third period of a tight game as was the case here against the Kings Rangers. Uh, you know, they're up to nothing, gave up the one goal, a little bit of a crazy finish there, and uh, they pull away for the 4-1 to victory. The final score makes it sound a little bit more lopsided than it was. I thought the Rangers played very well in this game, but they had to battle for it. And in some ways, I feel like a win like this is going to serve the Rangers better going forward than if they had just come out and won this game 5 to nothing. And I know that might sound uh, a little crazy. And again, 4-1 does make it sound lopsided. But you guys, anybody who watched this game, you guys know that uh, that was not the case. They had to battle and they had to uh, work for everything they got in this game against a fellow uh, really, you know, heavyweight team in, in this league. The Kings came into this game 16-4-4. Four, and four. The Rangers were 18-6-1. and one. And as Steve Valiquette mentioned after the game, this is kind of the, uh, the game of the night for the NHL. I, I think if you're just kind of a neutral hockey fan and you're looking for a good game, maybe your team's not playing on this night, you're probably going to check out Rangers-Kings. And if you did, uh, you weren't disappointed because this is an excellent hockey game and the Rangers had to dig deep to get the win, get the two points, and that's exactly what they did. But I want to kind of just focus in, start off today's episode by looking at the third period of this game because 
really one thing, it was one of those periods where one thing led to the next, and the whole thing was just insane. We saw the temperature rise, obviously, you know, some nervous moments once the Kings cut the lead down to two to one, but so much happened in this period that I don't think that we can uh, really leave anything out. I basically just want to start uh, toward the beginning of the third period, and again, the Rangers went into the final stanza with a two to nothing lead, ended up winning it uh, by a final score of four to one. But, you know, you got to give the Rangers a lot of credit here because it, it really hit the fan. There were a whole bunch of penalties. There were uh, misconduct for each team, uh, some pushing and shoving and some nastiness after the whistle on several occasions. This game got a little nuts down the stretch here. And especially after the Kings uh, cut the lead down to two to one, there's about 12 minutes or so to go in the game when that happened. And as a fan, you know, just a general hockey fan, you're watching this game and it, it just had the feel of one of those games where, okay, this could end one of a million different ways, specifically once the Kings cut the lead down to two to one, because like I said, it opened up a little bit. Uh, both teams just uh, competing very hard, skating very well. Uh, you've got the refs that kind of inject themselves into the game and now they're going to be an ultimate X factor down the stretch here. This game got crazy and the Raiders hung in there and uh, not only protected the lead, but built on it. Uh, they were very opportunistic down the stretch, but thing I loved about this, you know, right after the Kings scored that goal to knock it down to two to one, uh, loud, let's go Ranger chants from the Garden Faithful. Obviously, they're into this team and they should be, and they recognize the importance of this game. You don't want to let things spiral out of control for too long. They've lost their last two coming in, into this one. And again, the intensity was there. The fans brought the intensity too, and they were just really, really invested in this game. And I, I think maybe even help propel the Rangers uh, to get the two points in uh, in this contest here. So uh, like I said, want to go ahead and highlight a bunch of different things that happened in the third period. Uh, Jonathan Quick, he was fantastic. And we're going to talk about him in greater detail a little bit later in today's episode. But uh, I thought what was really impressive was that most of his best saves did come in the third period. You had a situation where Spence went in on the rush up the right side. It's a great glove save by Jonathan Quick. Made this look a lot easier than it actually is. Uh, lightning Quick reflexes there, makes the stop. And then right after this, you had LaPierre uh, with a shot. The save was made. The rebound was there. Quick is basically flat on the ice, so he fully extends uh, his left pad to prevent the stuff-in try. Just gets a piece of it. Uh, another whack from the Kings there, too, and, and Quick just doesn't let it get by him. So an excellent save there. And then uh, you get to some of the more chaotic things that happen in this game. You got the Kings on a power play. Uh, they actually put the puck into the net, which at this time would have cut the Ranger lead down to two to one. Uh, but the whistle blew right before the puck went in. The reason for this is there was all kinds of different stuff going on in front of the Ranger net. Um, to begin with, we should take it from the top here. Uh, Dubois was hit pretty hard into the boards by Ryan Lindgren, but a clean hit all the way. Uh, Dubois eventually makes his way back in front of the Ranger net. Lindgren is there with him. And then Dubois caught Jonathan Quick in the face. And then you've got Quick basically just whacking away at Dubois from behind, you know, kind of shoving him in the, in the back of the head, in the back of the neck. Uh, Dubois responds to this by cross-checking Lindgren in the back. So Dubois gets a penalty, and Lindgren, of all people, and Sam was talking about this too, gets a penalty for embellishment, which is not really uh, on brand for Ryan Lindgren. I, I don't know that he was really embellishing here. To me, it looked like somebody that got cross-checked to the ice. Uh, be that as it may, you get matching minors, and the goal, of course, does not count. Uh, then, you know, the Rangers, they go into the offensive zone and Trocek gets called for interference and Mika Zibanejad gets a misconduct, which is weird. I'm going to talk about the misconducts in just a little bit as well. We'll get to uh, the one on the Kings and then I'll have some thoughts on two players being given misconducts at a big point in this game. But then you've got the Kings after all this on the power play. It's five on four. Um, and then Jonathan Quick makes a save, freezes the puck. 
And Quentin Byfield is there in front of the net, and he's whacking away and uh, got his stick basically in, in Jonathan Quick's midsection. And Quick gets up, and he goes after Byfield, and the Rangers jump on Byfield and ends up being a penalty on Quick, a penalty on Byfield as well. And then Fiala for the Kings gets a game misconduct. He said something to the ref. And Joe Micheletti talked about this in the broadcast booth uh, after this had happened, a couple minutes after this had happened. But I had the same reaction. These refs, and he wasn't quite this blunt about it, but I will be, these refs need to get a little bit thicker skin than what they showed in this game here. Okay, this is a really intense, uh, big-time matchup between two of the elite teams in the NHL. These players are giving it everything they've got. Everybody is competing their tail off on every single shift. The way that hockey should be played, having just a fantastic game as a fan watching this. Obviously, I'm a little nervous because I'm a Ranger fan, but if you're just a general hockey fan and you don't have any horse in the race, uh, this is about as good as it gets for a regular season matchup. This is really a, a quality hockey game. And you're going to throw Mika out of the game for 10 minutes. And you're going to throw Kevin Fiala out of the game for 10 minutes just because they said something to you. I'm sorry. You, you've got to be a little bit uh, more mentally tough than what these referees showed here. Now, I can understand, you know, if, if there's a situation where either Mika or Fiala, they're just going completely ballistic and they're unhinged and they're, you know, F-bombing this and that and just losing their minds and trying to get at the referee and their teammates are having to hold them back, then okay, fine. There, there is a limit. And at a certain point, yeah, they probably would deserve uh, a game misconduct. But what did these guys do? All, all they did was just say something to the referee. You know, Mika Zibanejad is not exactly the kind of player that's known for losing his cool on the ice. You know, he, he tends to be uh, pretty even keeled, whatever's going on out there. And I didn't even see a replay of anything that happened between Mika and the ref. So it couldn't have been that bad if they didn't even show it to us. And then Fiala, kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah, he had some words to the referee as the ref was going by, and he was not happy about, you know, a call that had been made. But I mean, 10-minute misconduct? Are, are you kidding me? The game is on the line here for both these teams, and you're taking two of the best players off the ice. Absolutely ridiculous by the refs here. Again, you got to get a little bit thicker skin than this. Did, did some of these guys, did Mika and Fiala say something mean to the ref here? Did, did he get his feelings hurt and had to throw them out of the game for 10 minutes? Just ridiculous. So at this point, the penalties are really adding up, and you've got, for the Rangers, you know, not all of them can even sit down, but you've got Trocek, uh, Mika, Lindgren and Keandre Miller in the penalty box. And keep in mind, the Kings are still on the power play at this point. This quartet of Ranger players, that's a pretty solid penalty kill unit right there. And all four of them are unavailable uh, for the ensuing power play for the Kings. The Rangers instead go with Bonino, VZ, Truba, and Fox. And that's when the Kings eventually uh, score a goal here. Quick made another nice save. Um, you know, Bonino cleared the puck out of the zone, but the Kings get it back in. Kempe passes across the crease two to no tip and goal two to one. So it's on now. You know, we've still got about 12 minutes or so to go in this game, and you know it's going to be a frantic finish, and the Rangers are going to have to continue to be at their best if they're going to salt this one away and get two points. But uh, you got Jonathan Quick. He makes an awesome save coming up in his crease to Stone Quentin Byfield, and it's still two to one at this point. So a huge save, probably the biggest save of the night for Jonathan Quick. Um, and then, you know, the, the, Puck is frozen here, and before you know it, Kempe and Lafreniere are going at it, and Kempe finally ends up taking a penalty after he knocked Lafreniere's helmet off of his head. Really, Kempe should have already had a penalty even before this happened because he basically punched Lafreniere in the face, and I, I really don't know. Lafreniere can get under his opponent's skin a little bit, and that's another thing that I, I kind of like about him, but I didn't really see him do anything or say anything here, and he basically... I mean, yeah, Kempe's glove was on, and it wasn't like a, a savage haymaker, but he still kind of popped him in the face there with his glove on. So I, I feel like he should have already had the penalty. Uh, he didn't, but he eventually got one. And then you, you always want to score on the power play, especially at a spot like this in the game. You're up by a goal. You want to add on to that lead and 
breathe a little bit easier down the stretch. But after Kempe pulled this, you really want the Rangers to convert. And uh, they were indeed able to do that. Whole thing starts with a clean face-off win for Vincent Trocek. I could just copy and paste that soundbite into every episode that I do going forward. It feels like this guy is always winning big face-offs in big spots. They're leading to good things uh, for the New York Rangers. And then the Rangers have possession. And Brodzinski's on the left side because Mika's still in the penalty box. So he's out there with the top unit in Mika's spot. And he kind of picks his spot moves toward the center of the the ice there, kind of into the high slot area, and Trocek sees him all the way. Uh, he gets it to Brodzinski. Brodzinski takes the shot and scores while falling to the ice. So really cool moment for Johnny Brodzinski there. He now has uh, six points in seven games since being called back up to the Rangers. He gives the Rangers a 3-1 to one lead here. And fun fact, that was the first power play goal at the NHL level for Johnny Brodzinski. And like I said, you always want to score on the power play, but yeah, let's make Kempe pay for all that nonsense he just pulled. And that's exactly what the Rangers were able to do. Uh, you then have uh, Gunstrom going in the net for the Kings. He kind of gets behind the defense on the left side. Just a ridiculous glove save by Jonathan Quick, you know, stretching upward. And then to kind of uh, seal the deal here, you've got Will Cooley scoring from the doorstep with four, 436 to go in the game, making the score 4-1, to obviously, in favor of the Rangers. It was Gustafson to Brodzinski, uh, Brodzinski to Trocek. Trocek, a backhand pass across the crease to Will Cooley. Save was made. Uh, Cooley got his own rebound and scores. Three primary assists for Vincent Trocek on the night. And uh, just an excellent performance overall. He continues to be one of the Rangers, you know, best players and and just a huge, huge uh, performance in this game here uh, for Vincent Trocek. And, and uh, two straight points for Johnny Brodzinski, a goal and an assist on the third and fourth goals by the Rangers. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about uh, Jonathan Quick. I also want to give some props to the Ranger fourth line that I thought had a really nice night that can sometimes fly under the radar, but we're going to give them their due in just a second here. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Artemi Panarin could score 50 goals. The New York Rangers could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because of Sleeper. You can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Igor or Panarin or Chris Kreider will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Ranger fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right. Also want to let you guys know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so big shout out to the everydayers. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Up next for the Rangers on the schedule is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Probably going to have another episode uh, between now and then. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we get into. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to keep everything rolling here, though. I want to give some props to the Ranger fourth line. Uh, they end up with a goal in this game, specifically Jimmy Vesey ends up with a goal in this game. But um, for starters, they got the start in this game 
uh, which I thought was interesting. You know, they they started the game against the Kings top line, and it felt like uh, Laviolette was looking for that fourth line to hopefully neutralize the Kings first line right off the bat there. And honestly, I would have been interested to see going forward in this game if the Ranger fourth line would have also started the second period and the third period. We'll never know for sure because what happened was actually there were carryover power plays for the Rangers uh, going from the first period into the second period and also going from the second period into the third period. So naturally, the Rangers put their uh, you know, their, their top guys out there. They put their top power play guys out there, and we didn't see the fourth line. But uh, the fourth line played very well. Jimmy Vesey, Barclay Goodrow, and Tyler Pitlick. Goodrow, of course, uh, making his return to the lineup uh, with the shield over his face, you know, after, after getting hit in the face with a puck the last time that he played. But, you know, the first shift of the game, very nice shift for this fourth line. And Look, it's one shift. It's not like after this, the Rangers were guaranteed a win or anything like that. It's going to launch the Rangers onto a 10-game winning streak or anything along those lines. But you consider the fact that the Rangers recently, uh, slow starts have been something of an issue for them. The game before this, they gave up a goal less than a minute into the action. I think Laviolette's done with that. He wants to put the fourth line out there, get some grit on the ice right from the opening faceoff. And they got that on this first shift here and really throughout the game. But this first shift, the Kings won the faceoff. Uh, they got it in deep briefly, but the Rangers got it right back out of their zone. And the rest of this shift for the fourth line uh, for the Rangers, all of it was spent in the Kings zone. You had VZ and Goodrow. They got to work on the forecheck right away after the Rangers dumped the puck. Uh, VZ and Pitlick, you know, they're maintaining, maintaining possession on the other side. The puck is in the corner there, and they're battling for it, uh, trying to keep the Kings off their back and keep possession. Uh, so this fourth line here, they were really in on the forecheck in the Kings zone for a long time here. There were no... Real scoring chances. I don't even think there was a shot on goal, um, but that's fine. You know what? If you have your fourth line on the ice against your opponent's first line, if the entire possession is on in the attacking zone for the Rangers, then I'm good with that. I don't care if the puck never gets within 20 feet of the net. The bottom line is uh, they're in there and they're neutralizing the Kings top line, uh, some of their biggest scoring threats. So uh, that was an awesome shift to start. Uh, the night for this fourth line for the Rangers. And again, it's not going to guarantee victory. It's not going to show up on like top 10 best plays of the night or anything like that. But plays like this are important. Shifts like this are important. And again, with the Rangers recently struggling out of the starting blocks and four straight games before this one of allowing the first goal and being down one to nothing instead of up one to nothing, it's important to do the little things right and just get off to as good of a start as you possibly can. And props to this fourth line for setting a little bit of a tone there uh, on that first shift. And overall, you know, the, the entire first period I thought was very good for this line. The next time they were on the ice, you know, Pitlick with a big hit behind the Kings net. Um, he also, a little bit later in this shift, had a decent shot from the center of the ice that I would call it like a medium danger scoring opportunity for Pitlick there. Uh, and Pitlick, you know, again, he, he's somebody that has obviously kicked around the league a little bit, not a superstar player, um, but he lays him in there when it comes to his hits. And we saw him do that at least once in this game, uh, that being the, the hit that I just talked about. But then there was another shift for this line in the first period. It was kind of late in the first period. They won a, a lengthy board battle on their side of the ice this time. It was in the corner in the Rangers zone. And, you know, Goodrow and Pitlick, they were sticking their noses in there. They were getting their hands dirty, and they eventually get the puck and clear it out of the zone. And, again, just one of those little things, you know, let's just not give them any opportunities. Let's get the puck out of the zone when we can. A uh, nice job by the fourth line there. And then, of course, the goal that they scored, this occurred in the second period. You got VZ and Pitlick, again, this line was so good on the forecheck during this entire game. They're applying pressure. The Kings go to clear the puck out of the zone, and an awesome play 
by Nick Bonino here. I, I didn't know he had ups like this. You know, <laughs> Nick Bonino got off the ice here, jumped into the air, uh, got his glove on the puck, knocked it down, and then sent a beautiful backhand pass uh, to lead Jimmy Vesey to the net. And Vesey goes five hole and scores two to nothing. And uh, already Jimmy Vesey's sixth goal of the season. Uh, this is all part of just an awesome second period for the Rangers. Excellent defense in this period. They only allowed two shots on goal for the entire uh, middle stanza, did the Rangers, and obviously scored a couple of goals themselves. So uh, you can't do it a whole lot better than the Rangers did it in the second period here. I also wanted to talk about, you know, we're talking about the fourth line, to just kind of discuss uh, the lineup in general here, because there were a couple of changes made. I mean, I, I guess it was really only one, but um, you get the top line, you're back to Kreider, Mika, and Wheeler. I didn't really get this. I, I thought maybe Brodzinski would get a little bit more time there. Uh, Wheeler does not have a point in any of his last seven games, so uh, he's gone cold again after picking it up for a little bit. He can still pass the puck a little bit. He made a couple of nice passes in this game, but I would have given Brodzinski a little bit more rope there. Uh, but bottom line, then you've got the second line of Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere, which makes sense because they've obviously been the Rangers' best line uh, for really the entire season. Third line left to right, Cooley, Bonino, Brodzinski. So Brodzinski and Wheeler are flip-flopped. Maybe Laviolette kind of sees this as like one of his shutdown lines. You've got, uh, you know, gritty, uh, mostly hard-hitting forwards there. Guys that can play, you know, pretty good defensive hockey overall. Certainly Bonino um, can kind of lead the way there defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it's fine to line up this way. I don't have any major issues with it, but I just didn't really see the need to uh, go back to Wheeler on the top line and knock Brodzinski down to the third line. But it all worked out for Brodzinski because he ended up with uh, two points in this game. And then the fourth line, we just gave props to these guys, VZ, Goodrow, and uh, Pitlick. And again, I uh, can't, can't say enough about the job that those guys did, just doing some of the blue-collar work for the Rangers early in this game and then getting rewarded uh, with a goal by Jimmy VZ in the second period. And we got to give some props to Barkley Goodrow here as well. Uh, that was a you know scary situation. Gets hit in the face uh, with the puck. Okay, Andre Miller's dumping the puck, hits him in the face with it. Uh, he loses a tooth, and he comes back to this game wearing a full shield over his face. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if he continues to wear that going forward. But I also happen to notice that Barclay Goodrow was one of the uh, designated alternate captains for this game. As we know, you know, the Rangers, uh, they like handing out those alternate captain letters for sure. We've seen a lot of that over the past couple of years. Troop is the captain, and then they've got five alternates. And if I'm being completely honest here, I don't really track, you know, which players are wearing the A's on which night. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be Panarin or Kreider or Mika or Fox or, in this case, Goodrow. Maybe it was Goodrow's chance, uh, his turn to wear the A anyway uh, coming into this game. But I also kind of get the feeling that, that wasn't a coincidence. You know, Goodrow, a couple of games ago, gets hit in the face by the puck. He's always a gritty, hard-nosed player. I'm sure that, um, you know, Laviolette respected him from get, for getting back into the lineup. He wants the Rangers to play a gritty, hard-nosed game in this one. And so I just don't think it was an accident that we saw uh, Barclay Goodrow wearing the A uh, for this game. Once again, for all I know, maybe it was just his turn to wear the A anyway. But I have to to feel that, you know, I, I got to think that it was probably done on purpose by Laviolette and the coaching staff. You know, Goodrow getting back out there. Uh, guy's tough as nails, and he's back on the ice uh, just after missing just the one game. Uh, due to getting hit in the face by the puck. And this also, of course, meant that Riley Nash was a healthy scratch after making his Ranger debut the previous night. Uh, but Barclay Goodrow, as far as the stats go, zeros across the board. Um, and then also spent 14-29 on the ice and went 4-3 and three on the dot. Um, you know, again, didn't, didn't really stand out in a major way other than some of the blue-collar work that we talked about the fourth line doing. But it's nice to have Barclay Goodrow back out there and, um, you know, centering that fourth line. So uh, we'll keep an eye on his progress as he goes forward, but uh, one of those players that 
does a lot of the little things to help the Rangers win. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, it's nice to have him back in the lineup. We don't want the injuries to, to keep piling up for this team. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. got to give some props to Jonathan Quick. Also talk about how often the Rangers should be using Jonathan Quick going forward. You know, will he start to cut into Igor's playing time a little bit? We'll get to that in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. So, Jonathan Quick. I mean, what do you even say at this point? He's just off to an absolutely stellar start to the season. He comes up big in this game. We already covered most of his best saves because, you know, we went through the third period in great detail and most of his uh, you know, true highlight reel awesome saves did occur in the final 20 minutes there, but he was awesome the entire night, ends up with 25 saves on 26 shots. And to kind of build on what I just said, I think what he did in the third period is made all the more impressive by the fact that he wasn't tested that much in the first 40 minutes. You know, a couple of nice saves here and there, but the really, truly stellar saves that came in big moments in this game they all occurred in the third period. And to kind of have a little bit of an easy night up to that point and then be under fire a little bit in the third period when this game picked up in intensity and the temperature rose and everything like that, uh, there was chaos in his crease for him to stand tall like he did. Very, very impressive from Jonathan Quick. Um, and in his nine starts so far this season, Jonathan Quick is now 8-0-1. So think about this. The Rangers have now gotten 17 out of a possible 18 points uh, in games started by their backup goalie, a backup goalie who is 37 years old, a backup goalie who a lot of people were saying was washed, uh, a backup goalie who a lot of Ranger fans did not even want here. They didn't think it was a good signing. And when he gave up a couple softies in the first preseason game, there were some Ranger fans, not a lot, but you know how it is. People have knee-jerk reactions to things. And um, a, a lot of Ranger fans looking to run him out of town. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that even the the biggest, you know, quick doubter, even if you think that, like, this is a mirage and there's no way that he still has this much left in the tank, uh, there cannot be a single Ranger fan out there right now. And I, I don't say that loosely because it's hard to get Ranger fans, 100% of them, to agree on anything. There cannot be a single Ranger fan out there right now who is in any way disappointed with what this team has gotten from Jonathan Quick this season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I did like the quick signing when they did it in the offseason. You know, I like the idea of him working with Benoit Allaire. Uh, veteran presence in the locker room, former cup champion, of course. And, um, you know, for, for a while there, I was calling Eric Gustafson the seal of free agency. Well, he's got some competition from uh, his teammate, Jonathan Quick, now because he's been absolutely awesome. And even me, you know, who, who liked the Jonathan Quick signing, never in a million years that I think it could have gone this well, where he'd have numbers like this and where the Rangers would be 8-0-1 in his first nine starts. That That's just wild to even think about. Um, he's got a goals against average of 220. Save percentage is at 922, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, he hasn't played as many games this season as he did in his heyday when he was a starter, uh, but be that as it may, both those numbers, the 220 goals against and the 922 save percentage, 
Both those numbers are better than either of his uh, total career marks. So that's pretty crazy to think about in and of itself. Uh, as far as a goalie controversy is concerned be between Igor and Quick, there's not one. I, I just can't see it ever really becoming a thing here. Um, for there to be anything even resembling a goalie controversy, this hot stretch by Quick would have to go on and on and on and on. And the little bit of a slump that Igor's in right now, the same thing. It would have to just keep going and going and going. Uh, I don't think that certainly the second one of those is going to happen. I, I think Igor will right the ship here. But I will say, look, it's okay if Jonathan Quick, if he continues to play a little bit more often than we thought he was going to, if he continues to cut into Igor's playing time a little bit here. I always come on here and I talk about how you know playing time should always be up for grabs and uh, good play should be rewarded if, if you're a fourth liner or you know, you're on the third defense pairing, but you're having an awesome game and playing really well and you're engaged and having good shift after good shift, then yeah, your ice time should go up. You should be rewarded for that. And it's a little bit different with goalies, but it's not that much different. I mean, it's kind of the same general concept here. If somebody is playing really well, they deserve to be rewarded. Um, and, and I think that probably will happen with Jonathan Quick going forward. To me, it's a little bit of a Henrik Lundqvist, anti-Ranta situation. I've talked about this in the past, but you know, a handful of years ago, probably like six or seven years ago at this point, might even be longer than that. I, I I don't know. It all blends together after a while. But um, basically, Lundqvist was out of the lineup with a minor injury. Antti Ranta came in and just absolutely killed it, just played out of his mind, stood on his head every single night. And even when Lundqvist got healthy again, they continued to kind of go with Ranta for a handful of games going forward because it got to the point where it was like, you can't take this guy off the ice. He's just been that good. And we're kind of getting there with Jonathan Quick. I mean, I, I don't expect him to you know, relegate Igor to the bench for like three or four straight games. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, but yeah, as far as like a little bit more even time share going forward, at least while quick is this hot. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly uh, a possibility here. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but we can kind of map out, you know, the goalie situation for the Rangers when we look here at uh, the Rangers upcoming schedule. So Rangers are home against the Leafs on Tuesday. Uh, and then they don't play until they have a back-to-back -back on Friday and Saturday uh, at home against the Ducks and at the Bruins. So I think you go back to Igor against the Leafs. He does have good career numbers against them, which is impressive when you consider uh, the firepower that they've had over the past few seasons here. So I, I, I will go back to Igor. Uh, then I'm going to put Jonathan Quick out there against the Ducks, uh, the first game of the back-to-back, -back, and kind of continuing the alternating, so to speak. Um, and then Igor should be back out there for the heavyweight matchup against the Bruins. Uh, Rangers, Bruins, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but they have been the two best teams in the Eastern Conference so far this season. Rangers got them earlier this year, and I just like the idea of the Rangers going with their best possible lineup and going with their franchise goalie. Let's not let um, Igor, he doesn't strike me as somebody that lacks confidence, but I don't want to see him sitting on the bench for what is, again, a matchup of two of the elite teams in the NHL. We know when the playoffs roll around, very, very likely it's going to be the Igor show night in and night out. There's even a chance the Rangers play the Bruins at some point in the playoffs. And again, we'll cross that bridge if and when we get there. Um, a lot of things have to happen between now and then. But yeah, I, I like the idea, once again, of going with your franchise goalie for the heavyweight matchup against the uh, the Bruins. But then after that, um, if you want to go back to Jonathan Quick for the game after that, which will be at Toronto, they play Toronto twice in a short uh, time span here. But I'm good with that too. Again, you, you, do, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your players. Um, when somebody's playing this well, you have to reward the strong play with additional time on the ice. And in the case of the goalie, you know, that obviously means uh, extra starts. So again, it's a situation to monitor going forward. As far as like a true goalie controversy, no, there isn't one. But in terms of mixing quick in a little bit more often, yeah, I think that is something that can and probably will happen uh, going forward here. So figure we could pretty much call it there. Uh, the only thing 
else that I want to mention, this is kind of an interesting situation because Chris Kreider right now is sitting on 499 career points. He's been looking for that 500th point the last couple of games here. And Panarin, uh, when he got an assist in this game, that got him up to a career total of 699 points. So, and by the way, with Panarin, um, he had that lengthy point streak to start the season where it was 15 games or whatever it turned out to be, 15 straight games with a point to start the season. Uh, another streak that Panarin still has going, though, he has at least one point in every single Ranger home game this season. So we'll see how long he can keep that going. But knowing that Kreider's at 499 and that Panarin's at 699, it kind of got me thinking, like, it'd be pretty cool if, like, maybe on a power play, because, you know, even strength, are usually not on the same line. Maybe on a power play, you get Panarin setting up Kreider for a tipping goal. And then on the same goal, uh, Kreider hits 500 points and Panarin hits 700 points. That'd be a pretty cool moment. And the only question then is who gets the puck, right? And I I feel like knowing that the two of them are, I mean, I don't know them personally, but you know what I mean. Uh, There'd probably be a situation where they're both insisting that the other one take the puck. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how the whole thing shakes out. But I think that'd be pretty cool to see Kreider and Panarin uh, both at, you know, very impressive milestones on the same goal. And it's something that could very easily happen. Like I said, it would probably have to be the power play. But uh, if it happens, it'd definitely be a pretty cool moment uh, this season for the Rangers. And then one last thing I wanted to mention quick, uh, the alternate jerseys. Talked about them not too long ago. You know, the dark navy blue with the big Rangers shield on them. They're fine. I mean, I, I don't see anything like egregiously wrong with them. Um you know, in, in some ways, anytime teams come up with these alternate jerseys, it is a way to just kind of sell more of them. So I do think that's something of what's going on here. Um, but they're again, they're they're fine. They don't really stand out that much one way or the other. By the time it got to the second period, I was used to it and didn't even think about it again. They played it kind of safe as far as alternate jersey designs are concerned, did the Rangers. But the thing I care about the most is they're one and oh. They're one and oh in these jerseys. You know if the Rangers broke out the Lady Liberty jerseys against the Kings they would have lost this game. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's how it started to feel uh, with those Lady Liberties. So I'm uh, glad that, um, you know, they're going with something a little bit different this year. And even fans that, you know, maybe weren't really feeling these jerseys, just want to see them wear their typical home jerseys. Well, at least they're 1-0. So uh, we'll, we'll see uh, what kind of luck these new jerseys bring to the Rangers this season. But uh, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.